0: Grace by Grit is a premium women's athletic apparel brand based in Solana Beach, California, that is made for land and sea. The entire collection is designed and produced in San Diego, is UPF 50 plus, and is made for women by women. Check out their store on the 101 in Solana Beach or visit their website at www.gracebygrit.com. Use the code XO Ignite Me to receive 25% off. This is the Me Project weekly discussions with leaders in the wellness community. Visit us online at the Me Project Live.
1: All right, well, we are live here at the Me Project podcast, and um, we're super excited to have Kaylee on the show. Um, Kaylee is just a rock star trainer here in Solana Beach, and uh, becoming a great friend of mine, and really running with the Diabetes Project that we're doing. And really excited about that. Kaylee, welcome.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. This This is is great. This is
1: exciting. So let's just get right into it. And um, kind of the first, my go-to little intro is, you know, just tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into fitness in general, and, um, you know, what makes, what motivates you to want to help people change?
0: Yeah, well, I'm definitely, that's my biggest motivation. And yeah. Change, right? yeah helping people define like their their own version of healthy and what that looks like, but I come from like a healthy place, so my mom 's a dietitian and I was an athlete. I did track and volleyball at Chico State and um, uh, club volleyball at chico state and I was one of those athletes that um you know got injured and then found physical therapy and uh with yoga and recovered and i was like oh my gosh you could actually rehab yourself because i was told like you couldn't it was, do it yeah i was told at 17 years old like yeah, i'm sorry you're never going to run again what was and, your injury uh i tore um some ligaments in my back, back so legumes, yeah i was no a shit. I was a thrower, so okay. like you do. You were a th-
1: thrower in in volleyball.
0: Uh, in, so in track and field. Oh, okay. So I did shot put and discus. Wow. So like shot put and discus, you expect like these really big women. I was the smallest one, and I'm yeah. I'm not a small girl. So sure. so they're like, all right, we're gonna need you to Olympic lift a lot, uh, coupled with like all day sitting in class, and then um, you know it's this really bad posture with Olympic lifting and rotation. No stretching, probably. Very little stretching and um, yeah, so like over time, had this like tear happen in my lower back and um, got to a point where I, I finally got an MRI and they're like, okay, your your lower back is is torn and uh, we suggest that you stop throwing and I was like, yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. So um, rehabbed with physical therapy and like traditional physical therapy, core strengthening and um, kind of learned about you know planking and how important spinal stabilization is. Um, I was still at Chico State studying exercise physiology, so...
1: So you went into Chico State, that's, that you knew that was what you wanted to study?
0: I wanted to be an athletic trainer, so I went up to Chico, and they had one of the only athletic training programs um, in a state school, and the semester I got there, they unfortunately canceled the program, so I was like, okay, that's fine, what's closest? So exercise physiology, and uh, I loved all the classes, I was really into it, and... Um, so, yeah, I graduated from Chico State, and my only goal was to live in Encinitas because I surf, and so nice. I came back. And Had I, you
1: been here before, or how did you know about Encinitas?
0: I um, I grew up in San Diego. Okay, cool. And Got it. Encinitas was just on my radar from surfing, and it also has just a great feel.
1: It's pretty much just the sweetest place on earth.
0: I, I think so. Yeah. And now, knowing, um, we could talk a little bit about my spiritual path. Now, yeah. I, you know, I follow Yogananda, Paramahansa yeah. Yogananda, yeah. and... Um, so it all made sense once I started going to the Self-Realization Fellowship and was following Yogananda, why Encinitas was kind of drawing me. but So I, I go. I um, took all the prerequisites for medical school because I actually thought I wanted to be um, in orthopedics. Mm-hmm. So it was either going to be physical therapy school or medical school, and I was going to decide that summer. And I thought, well, I need to make money <laughs> living in Encinitas. So yeah. um, instead of, like, working at Starbucks, that I became a, a personal trainer nice. and um, started at a gym. When was that? that was in 2008 i graduated in 2008 so i'm i become a personal trainer and my boss comes up to me he's like oh you're doing a great job he's like and what are you doing about your fitness and i was like oh called out (laughs) (laughs) because i was i don't know i i didn't i wasn't like the partier that you would imagine coming from a party school yeah. yeah i was actually i didn't really drink and um but I I just still I wasn't You were
1: like one of maybe two people at Chico that didn't drink. I always joke
0: <laughs> when I tell people I went to Chico state, like I still have my kidneys and liver, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I was not healthy though. I, I definitely wasn't eating well. I didn't, you know, I graduated poor college student, um, yep. with poor college debt. And I, um, I just didn't eat well. And I, it's like, I, I knew what to do, but I was kind of bucking the system a little bit. And, um, so finally I got called out by my boss and, started paying attention more to my nutrition and used kind of the calorie counting method with a fitness tracker, mm-hmm. um, a body bug, and realized, oh, my gosh, I am eating way more calories than I'm expending, and I'm not expending that much. So I kind of started paying attention that way and got a little obsessive. You uh, started
1: paying attention to your caloric intake?
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that whole uh, calorie deficit method of, sure. of losing weight. And, um,
1: and for those of us that may be listening and don't know what that is, explain that a little calorie deficit. Are you talking about to lose weight? You want to output more than you're inputting? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, um, basically our, we have this base metabolic rate that we need, Mm -hmm. you know, certain amount of calories just to like have our system run. And then on top of that, all this activity that we do. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we've burned X amount of calories. Mm -hmm. Um and it's just how much energy we've expended. Got it. And I just wanted to eat more energy than I was expending. Yeah. So uh long story short, I've I become this trainer, I lose forty pounds. Uh I, Forty pounds. Forty pounds. Wow. And um and it was primarily I was watching what I was eating in the sense that I started to pay attention more to the quality of the food in addition to the calories. Um wasn't a vegetarian or a vegan yet, um, but I, I just started to have more cognizance around it. Mm -hmm. And that awareness really helped me to pay attention more to my overall body composition. And, um, obviously in a gym setting, you're kind of thinking about body composition. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I thought, wow, you know, I was getting more and more clients too. They saw me, they saw me go through this transformational process and they're like, what are you doing? We want to know. And, um, so I started coaching people in the same process I was using and I, I, got popular and it was like, you know what? people are changing their lives. People are like losing weight and getting healthy. This is cool. I think I could be a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't apply to medical school. So I, you just ran with it. I just ran yeah. and, um, started managing a fitness manager of that gym. Awesome. And, um, was this like
1: a big box chain or anything? This was you a wanted? 24
0: hour fitness. <laughs> okay,
1: cool. We're out here in, here in town
0: in Encinitas. Nice. And, um,
1: Oh, man, that's funny. I didn't know you had that. I didn't know you were at 24, too. I forgot about that. Yeah,
0: that was where I started. So I, cool. I took this summer job, and I thought, you know, this is, this is really fun. You know, I was one of those people where it was like, I could wake up and get excited about going to work. Yeah. And I was really healthy and kind of living in this um, healthy body that I had never really had, even though I was an athlete through mm-hmm. college. And it was fun. It was really fun. That's awesome. So now here we are, jump ahead years later, and I'm still doing it and loving it.
1: And you just got your master's, right? Yes. Yeah, Let's so, talk about that. Tell me what your master's is in.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I um, just graduated from A.T. Still University. Um, my entire degree was online, which awesome. still blows my mind that yeah. that's even possible. Um, but a very legitimate program. I learned a lot. Spent a lot of time reading research studies. Uh, my master's in kinesiology, and I chose the emphasis of sports psychology. Wow. Mainly because I was helping all these people lose weight, but at the end of the day, or the end of our time together, they were still... Uh, unhappy, And I realized that a lot of health isn't just about weight loss or gaining muscle. It's about your mind. And, mind draining, yep. And, and where you're focusing your attention in your life. So I thought, um, I knew there was like a deep desire in me to still get more education and um, to still progress on that path, um, the academia path. And I chose that program knowing that I would learn a little bit more about what it takes to, A, keep people motivated, and B, help people strive towards better health and more happiness. Yeah, So, um, yeah, I just graduated in this May, 2015. And, um, I, I really feel like what I took from that was that I know more about intrinsic motivation. And, um, what that means is basically what motivates you just in and of itself? Like what do you really enjoy doing? Um, from a movement standpoint, like what movements like really make you excited and are you really passionate about? Like for me, I really love uh, running and I love yoga and surfing. And those things don't seem like work to me. Right. And when I do them, actually my body reflects this healthy physique and it right. it really works versus uh, forcing myself to go to the treadmill and be on the elliptical for 45 minutes, is, which is what I did for a long time. Wait,
1: let's go back to that. So when you do the things you love yes. on a regular basis. Yes. You get positive change and positive results.
0: Crazy. yeah. And when you
1: force yourself to do shit you don't like, you're just unhappy.
0: Right. And so extrinsic motivators like, um, how your body looks or, um, some external reward. Uh, I'm trying to think from a health standpoint, but external rewards could be like, you know, money, like if you do something, you'll get money in return or, um, you know, anything outside of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are are finite they have this limited potential um for motivating you and intrinsic rewarding time frame yeah Yeah. there is and it doesn't last forever so people so my example is people would lose weight Mm -hmm. and they would get to their goal and um it was hard to maintain that because they were forcing themselves to do something that was extrinsically motivating like this elliptical or coming to personal training um, and they were doing it because they wanted the physique and an external reward. But when they got there, they were still unhappy right? Um, because they had been following a path that was, that was wasn't, yeah. it wasn't their, their true intrinsically motivating path. So, and
1: so for maybe some of the trainers that are listening, what, what would you say has been your method, I guess, or your philosophy on using that knowledge in your training? You know, a lot of trainers I think really just focus on, you know, the physical kind of the here, the now results, like, you know, and they don't really dive into that, you know, the deep internal motivators and, you know, the things that are really going to help people make that sustainable, long-lasting, permanent change.
0: Yeah, I think that if trainers could um, really ask their clients what health is, mm-hmm. um, and this is a question I wanted to ask you today, like, like Carlos, what would you say are the three, um, the three things you do that make you a healthy person, top three things?
1: That's a great question. Um, I think the top thing is love, you know, and, and having Beautiful. having love around and having people to love and having people that I know love me um, and surrounding myself with that, I think, is the biggest motivator to stay healthy. As I'm sure you know, I'm about to have a kid, you know, so my mind is going through all kinds of things about, you know, what kind of example am I going to set for him and all that stuff. Um, so that's the biggest motivator. Um, having... Um, stakeholders is a a term that my father taught me which really comes back to love but having people that my wellness is important to them you know around me and having them be the ones that hold me accountable my wife my parents Andrew um, you know fellow people that, that that I respect you know having those people around and having those people near and knowing that the days that I'm going to fall or the days that I'm not feeling good or the days that I don't want to eat as clean. You know, I have that, that support of people that helps me stay healthy. And then ultimately the last thing is, is kind of what we were just talking about is is finding things that I really enjoy you know, and thinking outside the box, you know, owning a gym and being a trainer, I hate to admit it, but the gym sometimes is like the worst place for people to get in shape, Mm. you know, and and getting outside of the gym. And I love taking clients to the beach for a run and doing push-ups in the sand, you know, it just, it totally changes the the vibe and the mentality. And so finding places where, you know, um, you're going to love what you're doing more is, is the key for me. So I guess love having people that that really care about you, and that you care about around you, and then doing things that you really enjoy—I think—are my my top three.
0: Those are the best three I've ever heard. Yeah. What <laughs> about you? The, oh, thanks. <laughs> um, what I love about your three is that those are going to sustain you, yeah, uh, regardless of where you're at. Support's huge. Um, yeah, my three, I—I I really feel like meditation has really changed my life.
1: Let's talk about that. What What is that to you?
0: But meditation. So. Um, so I, I believe in this philosophy that we are a spirit or a soul inhabiting a body. And, um, I think when we come, become too focused on the physical form, um, the physical form being like our, our body, our, our material body that we could feel and, um, the things in our life and, uh, money and all, all the stuff you could see. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a rat race. It feels so fast and it feels like you can't catch up and it feels like you're just constantly comparing yourself to others. And it, it makes me crazy. Yeah. And, um, it
1: makes a lot of people crazy. Yeah.
0: It's really hard to live like that. Sure. And so, um, meditating and I'll explain like what I do has taught me to kind of like slow down and, uh, to reconnect with what's inside me and reconnect with like deeper purposes, uh, like with my purpose for being here, like how do I want to affect the world? Um, and it really helps me to, to take myself out of the mindset of like, calories in calories out i'm a body i'm a i'm a trainer it's all about our our you know our physical form to more like um what am i going to do today that's going to make me feel fulfilled like how am i going to help my clients understand uh what it is in their lives that makes them really want to live and uh, that to me is, is health that's to me is like because around that if i wake up and i and i take some time to meditate and it's a breathing meditation that i learned through the self-realization fellowship mm-hmm. it's called kriya yoga kriya kriya okay. Yeah. K-R-I-Y-A. When I, when I practice these meditation techniques, I, I really connect with uh, like the, those deeper, more heartfelt, um, purpose-driven philosophies. And I go into my sessions with that mindset. And, and people come out of that and they're like, you know, I, I really feel excited and inspired to, to do more today and to do more with my health. Um,
1: do you ever um, take your clients through meditation?
0: I do. I'm awesome. getting more comfortable with that. Yeah. It's so intimate. Like yeah. when you open your eyes and you're sitting across from a client, yeah. it takes you to a whole new level. It's, it's like deep. you were just hugging. Totally. <laughs> it's, and so it's taken <laughs> like some self-confidence in me to sit down and be like, you know what?
1: It's like the real naked and afraid show. <laughs> yes. That's
0: so good. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've just started to. And everyone responds the same way, like, wow, that was, that was really cool. And they're kind of a little embarrassed. Totally. But at the same time, they're like, well, that, that meant something. Yeah. And then people come back to me and they say, hey, I, I did the meditation. I feel, I feel better. I'm sleeping better. I, um, I made better choices. It, it slows you down to, the I think, the real speed that we're supposed to live life and sure. then make our choices from there. Um, cool. And then, and then find deeper purpose. So, yeah, that, I would say that that trumps, like, all for health for me is is yeah. kind of that foundation of meditation.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Um, so is that going to be like your one, two, and three, or do you give me uh, a, you give me a two and a three? No,
0: and coming back to things that are like basic, but so important and foundational, sleep.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's huge.
0: Oh, I became so a holistic nice. lifestyle coach in 2009 or 10. I can't remember through Paul Check. Oh, nice. And um, wow, it really changed my opinion on like how important sleep is. I work with a lot of people that are, they are, busy businessmen and I respect them because they're so good at their craft, but they, they work on like five hours of sleep and wonder why their cortisol levels are, are raging, which I'm assuming based on how, how they respond to just daily life. Um, and, and why they can't lose that extra 10 pounds and, and why they drink at night to try to fall asleep. And they, it's just all based on this cycle of, of sleep deprivation. And so learning more about that, especially in grad school, I, I learned a lot of, a lot more about sleep depriva- deprivation and what that does to the human body. I realized how quintessential that is. Like, okay, number one is sleep. Uh, I learned through Paul Check, and I don't have a resource for this, but our optimal sleep patterns are based on our circadian rhythm. Okay. And which is based on like essentially our climate. And optimal sleep is from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And then before that, 10 p.m. time, like an hour before. We're supposed to just shut down all screen time. Phones, TV, all of the um, all of the things that are brain-stimulating. And it makes such a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I track my sleep now with, like, Fitbits. Yeah. And I could see, like, I don't wake up. There's no restlessness. I sleep solid through the night. And the nights that I actually get, eight hours, which is rare, because, you know, as a trainer, we wake up and we have 6 a.m. clients. and Every day. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel amazing. I feel... Uh, I feel full of energy. I feel vital. I feel vibrant, and
1: I feel like a human. A
0: human, and I yeah. realize like, and I make better decisions around food. Sure. Uh, I can't tell me people I've worked with. As soon as we get their sleep in control, their sugar cravings go away. Um, their carbohydrate cravings go away. It's it's like it's magic. Um,
1: so let's talk about two things. Uh, what because you've obviously done your homework, and you said you've researched a lot about sleep deprivation. What would you say are the top three? issues or the, the biggest things you see or the biggest things people listening may be feeling but not knowing sure. that are associated with sleep deprivation?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I love coffee. Sure. <laughs> I do. And um, and especially for women, women have a slower caffeine metabolism. So they say that coffee has a half-life of six hours, meaning um, it's going to take about that long before it starts to break down um, and, and start to leave the body. Um, as basic as possible as I could say that. So, so women actually have this slower caffeine metabolism. Um, I read a research study where women drinking coffee between five and six in the morning had disrupted sleep that evening. Wow. Five or six in the morning. So, um, and you, you, it's hard to attribute your poor sleep to your cup of coffee hours, hours earlier at 5am. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, yeah. I lost track of where I was going. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead.
1: So going back to the question, um, what are like the top three things you see um, that people are suffering from when it comes to sleep deprivation? So,
0: so yeah, yeah. So there, people are over caffeinated. Mm -hmm. Um, People are not finding those ways to wind down at the Mm -hmm. end of the day or even during the day, find ways to kind of recenter themselves. Mm -hmm. Taking a big breath taking that time to just pause, having idle time throughout your day. We just kind of go and we like just rush through and we get a lot done, but um, we don't take that time to to really calm down. And at the end of the day, I don't think we have good coping mechanisms for for winding down. So having a glass of wine as innocuous as that seems or um, as, as small as four ounces of an alcoholic substance can seem can actually disrupt your sleep. That's uh, It's high in sugar. The alcohol makes you tired. You get sleepy, but at 2 a.m. you wake up and you're like, "Wow, I, I feel wide awake. Why is that?" And it's because that you've just metabolized that sugar, and your body says, "Well, you've got energy now. Yeah. You're you're ready to go." That's the sugar buzz. And um, so, so I, I there are studies that show that red wine can be beneficial, and um, I won't knock that. But I think relying on something like a coping me- mechanism that doesn't give you like that highest version of your own health. Sure. Um, will over time play into other things. Like if you're trying to lose weight, for example, the wine at night doesn't necessarily do wonders for your body. So, um, so having, having good coping mechanisms for dealing with stress are really important. Um, and I think tied in directly to sleep deprivation. And then, um, I think just stress in general, uh, I think that we're, our world is chaotic and I think when we're so wrapped up into it, we we get lost in that that chaos, and and um, just I talked to so many of my clients, and they just say, you know, I, I want to go to sleep, but my brain won't slow down at night, and um, it just it's hard for me to turn it off. And I say, you know, I mentioned meditation. They say, oh, I can never sit still for that long, and I want to remind them just just like any other thing, you have to practice. Like you don't just pick up a guitar and start soloing. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you have to practice at it, and you have to learn how to do it, and you have to learn ways that work for you. There are many different types of meditations. So I've had people, I've taught them something called the block breathing, which is essentially you look at the breath as like an inhale
1: mm-hmm.
0: moving around a square or a block sure. and there's four different parts. So you inhale Pause, that pause is kind of the top of the square. And that's
1: usually a four count. Exhale. And then exhale. Right, right. right. So,
0: so they, they do this block breathing during, during a walk. And they try to. During just, a walk. During a walk. Cool. And they just try to focus on the breath itself. And that in itself is, is a meditation. Meditation being, um, by definition, you're concentrating on one thing. And that uh, is shown to actually stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, or the, like the opposite of fight or flight, the sympathetic mm-hmm. side. And it you start to release the same hormones you would release if you're drinking a glass of wine or finally right. taking a deep breath. So without the without the without alcohol, without the sugar, <laughs> without at 2 the sugar. Right? yeah. So so those components of sleep deprivation are um, are huge. I think.
1: I think you just touched on something really important. You know that people who are dealing with this kind of stuff and who doesn't know or who isn't that person who has a glass of wine or four every night, yeah. um, you know how. Not only that you can achieve the same results by doing healthier things, but you know most importantly you can you can feel the same thing you want to feel and and better you know if you if you just put your mind and find some of the, the other options out there I think that 's huge um,
0: I think w- it 's really important
1: yeah, absolutely. I want to go um, talk about one more thing that you mentioned, and that was um, the self realization fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people drive. You know, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people actually drive by that place every single day, and have no idea what it is. Yeah. They're just like, "Oh, that's that funny-looking place at Swami's." You know, and, right? Um, for a long time, I didn't really know what it was, and 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 actually meeting you kind of inspired me to do a little research on it and figure out what what it's all about. Um, so before I butcher it and and say the wrong things, um, you know, give us a breakdown of what what that is to you and and sure. what that that does has done for you, I guess, and um, and what. People maybe can expect if they're interested in learning about that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'll try to do my best. Perfect. Um, I, I mean, I'm laughing right now because I used to drive by and like I was like, "What is that place? Like a nudist colony?" Like yeah. you just see it, and it's it's um, a very distinct gold, um, you know, shrine type building, and you see it from the 101. And I think a lot of surfers know Swamis. It's yeah. this epic surf spot. I love it, um, and don't ever really get to know the history of this Self Realization Fellowship. So. Um, doing my best, Paramahansa Yogananda um, is from India. And he came over from India in um, the early part of the century in 1900. I think 1920 is when he established a Self-Realization Fellowship. Um, and he essentially came over to the West or to the United States to teach yoga. And yoga meaning for him, communion with God. He saw, uh, he it was kind of his... Um, divine purpose. He talks about this in his book, The Autobiography of a Yogi, um, that he was kind of told as a child through divine messages that he was supposed to go over to the United States and, and teach teach them how to meditate, teach us how to meditate. So he um, he comes over and he starts doing these these lectures and he's essentially teaching people how to connect with God on a deeper level or connect with a higher source or whatever word fits for you. Um, one of the best ways I've ever heard Yogananda describe, I think it was Yogananda, describe um, God or or that higher source is is like a diamond and there are many different cuts with many different reflections uh, representing different paths or religions and there's this one source and to me it was like this was the one source that really felt right, that felt true. I, I grew up um, in a, as a kind of loose Christian um, meaning like I went to youth group and stuff but I wasn't uh, really that devout to any religion and I found this some truth in, in what I was hearing and reading in this book, The Autobiography of a Yogi, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And what I was saying before, like finding your deeper purpose, I've always been kind of that deep person where I was like, I really want to know what our purpose is living here. Like I know it's not to just to uh, make a bunch of money and and die. Like that doesn't, like, that doesn't satisfy me. I know that um, there's something more. So I started reading this book and learning a little bit more um, about, well, wow, we can connect with this deeper, higher thing, this this thing that kind of drives us all and um, connects us all. And so the Self-Realization Fellowship in Encinitas, is, um, it was originally where Yogananda would have like retreats, ashram, um, and have people come and listen to lectures. And, and now it's the home to many nuns and I think some monks that give lectures and they give them a couple times a week on Sunday mornings, like a service similar to like a, a church service. And you go and they sit and they teach you how to do like a basic breathing meditation. And then they actually reference the Bhagavad Gita, which is like the Indian spiritual text mm-hmm. um, uh, that's like derived from Hinduism and the Bible from Christianity. And so it to me it was like, what is this place? I surf at Swami's all the time and I see this thing and then I'm reading the book and I'm actually living on 3rd Street in Encinitas, which for those that know is like one block away yeah. from the temple. And so I get to the chapter of the book where it's like, Encinitas, California, you wrote the book like right there at that ashram. Like, I can't believe this. So I'm like, I gotta go check this place out. And so I literally walk across the street one night and go to a service, and I was like, <laughs> laughing, I'm like, okay, I so see. So
1: that's like the, the headquarters, basically, or that's where he did, that's where he wrote a lot of that, that material? It's where he
0: wrote the autobiography of a yogi, and wow. it's where a lot of nuns trans, um, transcribe a lot of what he said into text, Got but it. they're actually, I guess they're, they call it, their ma- main headquarters is in Los Angeles at Got Mount it. Washington, but that... that Um, Yogananda spent a lot of time in Encinitas. And I kind of think that's like why there's such a good feel there. There's a lot of love. There's a a lot of people meditating and and trying to connect to some higher source and and wanting to spread more love. And so Encinitas has always been really special. And when I I read that book, I was like, oh, I I feel like that's why. That
1: place is magical. Yeah. Awesome. I guess I want to transition to a little bit more about your philosophies, especially as they relate to training. We've covered that a little bit. Yeah. Um, But if someone is listening out there and they're interested in, in, in working with you and and understanding, you know, what, what kind of trainer is Kaylee? Yeah. um, What is her philosophies? What would you say?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I really started to think about this in depth when I started learning more and more about um, kinesiology and about um, biomechanics. And I, I started looking at at different movements and I was like, what, what should we really be doing with our body? Like, what do, what would bring optimal strength and longevity and, um, health? And so the word functional is really popular right yeah. now. And I, I like it still. I think, well, what is functional? Let's, let's define that. Right. Um, to me it's like, you should be able to sit and stand. You should be able to sit and stand with some weight too. Um, you should be able to lift some weight off the ground. Those, that's like a squat and a deadlift mm-hmm. and variations of that. Um, you should also be able to push and pull. You mm-hmm. should be able to pull up. You should be able to pull yourself onto something. Um, so not that I'm, like, outside having my clients run up mountains, although that would be really fun. Right. Um, but I, I kind of go into physical training or personal training with this philosophy of, like, how can I strengthen your body so that it is as functional as possible. And that really does look like sit-stand, push-pull. Um, and then based on someone's goals. So I have a lot of people coming to me for weight loss or to gain muscle. Um, but I also have a lot of people that are in post-rehabilitative, so they've hurt themselves in some way, have recovered, sort of, have been discharged from physical therapy, and then um, are not quite confident yet to go work out on their own. So I kind discharged of
1: discharged from what their insurance will pay for, yeah. physical therapy. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs>
0: right. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Uh, my fiance is a physical therapist. We talk about this all the time. And so you're done with your 20 sessions and you're, you're better, but you're definitely not ready to go into a gym and okay. start lifting weights. You need more guidance. Okay. And so I found from my injury, that's where I'm really passionate. So I, I do a lot of um, post rehabilitative exercise, getting people up to the, Optimal range of motion that they should be in for every joint, and as much strength as possible.
1: So you're finishing the rehab, basically, for a in lot a of way for people, a yeah. lot of
0: people. Um, and then I also, with my kind of bias towards yoga and flexibility, and just seeing the benefits in my own body, I, I bring in that element. So flexibility is really huge. I'm mm-hmm. really big on um, myofascial release and foam rolling, um, just mobility in general. We should be able to move as optimally as possible. So all those elements are incorporated. Um, I like you said. I love being outdoors. I do a lot of outdoor workouts on the sand, on the awesome. beach, and I feel grateful. People come up to me and they're like, uh, "This is your office." I'm like, yeah. "I know." I'm so happy. And are you
1: able to take clients to the beach on a regular basis and stuff? I am. Awesome.
0: I am, and they love it. And that's it's such a blessing. It's great. It's one of those things where you get done, you're like, "Oh, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's all." Oh, I just worked out on the beach.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah like okay. Well, I, I could do that. That was yeah. pretty fun. So, so that's kind of my my personal training philosophy. And then, you know. I know we'll talk a lot about nutrition. I am so passionate about nutrition, in part because it's, like, my own, I think, one of my own things to really get in this life. One of my own big vices is, like, learning how to eat healthy and to um, to use nutrition not as, like, a coping mechanism, which has been, like, my source for a long time, but as something that can make us really thrive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, can I talk about that? Yeah, let's just that? go right into it. Yeah. I, like, I
1: mean, thrive is such an awesome word. That's actually that- almost what I— named my business yeah. at one point um but yeah go for it. i think nutrition is huge and um you've had a big impact in my nutrition so i'm excited to hear your your uh spiel on nutrition sure yeah, yeah i
0: in grad school took a nutrition course um so was,
1: you it wasn't until grad school that you took nutrition
0: oh no i took so many nutrition I was courses. Say, oh took, yeah you, we uh, back tell it me up. you took
1: nutrition and <laughs> no. as an exercise physiologist oh you,
0: yeah, yeah no they they do but um nutrition is i think has changed a lot in the last ten years. Absolutely. I started Chico State in 2003, and I would say you know twelve, 12 years later now it's it's a lot different. We have, yeah, we have different um, research studies, different perspectives and opinions, and there's a lot on the ancestral health scene right now and the paleo diet, and um, and so I yeah. always grew up with this opinion of, of nutrition like uh, eat in moderation. Yeah number one, um, eat foods as close to their natural state as possible. It really makes sense to me. Um, the further we move away from the food, the plant growing out of the ground, um, the, the more denatured it becomes, the less recognizable it is by our body. And just just go by like how you feel when you eat processed food and how you feel after you eat something like a big salad with lots of veggies in it. From a garden. And uh, it's amazing. It's uh, the difference between me feeling like I could actually accomplish all my goals that day or me just like slugging through the day. Like, oh, I made it. I made it through the day eating all my processed food. Right versus like I've made it. This is great. I feel awesome. Let's let's still I want to let's keep going. More, yeah. yeah, I get home sometimes um, now eating more of a plant based diet, and my fiance is like, "All right, uh, do you have coffee? What's going on? You're just yeah. full of energy." I'm like, "No, I just I feel good. I feel like I have energy at the end of the day. This is crazy. I've been up since five, and it's now still eight p.m. Go. and I'm ready." Um, so so no, in college I started learning more about like the, more the paleo diet, and what I like about it, if you look at like all of these diets that are popular right now and i think of them like in these big concentric circles like a venn diagram and you like overlap all of these diets in the middle of all of them is like fresh fruits and vegetables yeah. to some degree and you're like okay well that's i know specific. for sure like with all the research out there that's conflicting that i should be eating a lot of vegetables yeah. a lot of a lot of brightly colored yeah. nutrient dense vegetables
1: Nutrient density. That's a big, that's a big word right now too. And
0: yeah, it is pretty popular.
1: Let's, let's talk about that just a little bit. So for people that don't know what that is, um, how do you explain nutrient density to your clients, for example?
0: Right. So like our body needs calories. Um, and within those calories we should have nutrition and it seems like really basic, like, well, am, am I not getting nutrition from my piece of bread or like my, um, fill in the blank processed food? Yeah, you are. You are getting nutrition, but like, let's get the most nutrition possible. Let's uh, get the
1: most bang for our buck.
0: Right. The most bang for our buck. So that looks like vitamins and minerals and these things called phytonutrients, Mm -hmm. which come from the process of the sun being on the plant and the plant receiving water and producing these things that help our body to operate. Um, so lots of vitamins and minerals. So what are the foods, um, that contain the most vitamins and minerals, um, with the lowest caloric density? Cause we, at a certain point, we don't need any more calories. We just need more nutrition in our day. And, um, it, they, they have this term like superfoods, yeah. right? So like all the superfoods and to me, like those are what we should be eating first and foremost. Those should be the
1: normal foods. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so like, um, and those look like things like, uh, green vegetables, broccoli, spinach, kale. If you like that, you don't have to eat kale to be healthy. I love, um, rich Roll is one of my favorite podcasters and authors and athletes. He says like, let's go beyond the kale. Yeah. Um, cause you don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to torture yourself through kale unless no. you like it. A lot um, of the greens out there. Yeah. But like, what's, what's like, what grows around you? What's easy to get? What vegetables are, are there? What, which vegetables do you like, you know, and eat those, <laughs> um, and, and see how you feel. So, like, in the middle of all these diets are, are, like, fruits and vegetables. And so when I was taking this nutrition course, I read a lot about the paleo diet. And I think, like, if you take someone that's on the standard American diet and they go from eating um, highly processed food and um, you have sodas, like sugar-sweetened beverages, and then you get them taking all of that out, drastically reducing their alcohol intake – Um, they're going to feel amazing. Anyone eating a standard American diet and then eating less processed food is going to start to feel amazing. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, cool, well, the paleo diet kind of looks like that's it, you know, for me. So my thing is, like, I'm an experiment of one, N equals one. And so I'm going to try everything. And I'm going to try it long enough to see if I feel a difference. So through grad school, I tried every diet. (laughs) I tried, like, more of a paleo approach in which you eat um, more meat. And I stuck more to, like, more fish because that's – I had been a vegetarian since college, and I had stopped eating red meat because it made me me feel sluggish and and not good. Mm -hmm. That was more just for pure feeling versus health. Um, So I ate more fish and um, cut out all the grains and – ate a lot a lot higher fat too from um, plants like avocados and and nuts and seeds and I, I felt pretty good but i just felt like i couldn't do my long runs anymore and i felt like it was harder for me to go on long hikes and it felt like my endurance left Interesting. um and my body composition didn't change as much as i thought it would so i was like okay well this sort of works but i i, I don't really feel that great cutting right. out um my quinoa and the brown rice and the, the legumes i really like beans and so, for me, personally, I was like, I tried it. I tried it long enough to really see. And I I didn't get the body composition changed. Like, I didn't lose a bunch of body fat. Um, and I, I was felt like the things I loved were being taken away from me. Like, my ability to go run, surf, and hike in a day. So, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to eat where I feel really, really good? And throughout all of this, I also saw a lot of research, positive research, on the vegan diet. And I was like, I can never be a vegan. I can never live without eggs or cheese. So, um and cut out the cheese. And when I was eating paleo, I was like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like a vegan diet plus fish. Yeah, And so I was almost there already. And so um, I got introduced through podcasting to um, Rich Roll. Um, Rich Roll, like I said, is a he was a triathlete and um, he lives a plant-based diet and he just came out with a cookbook. And so I, the day I listened to it was like a couple days before his cookbook came out. And I was like, what the heck! I'll, this guy sounds really cool. I'll try his cookbook, and I'll maybe I'll try like a plant-based diet for a while because this guy was able to do five Ironmans in seven days, yeah, that is um, crazy, and totally changed his health and his life. And it was really inspired by his story. I was like, well, I'm willing to try anything. Remember, yeah. n equals one. I'll try this experiment for a while, and that was um, that was a few months ago now. And uh, eating a plant-based diet uh, has really changed a lot for me. Um, I don't want to sound like I think that veganism is stigmatized so hard that like you say vegan and people are like oh okay you're one of those you're gonna start talking to me about animals rights and and not that those things aren't important but um i think when you personally try something that's that's so filled with all the phytonutrients that we were just talking about and has it doesn't take that it feels like it doesn't take that much work for my body to digest a a vegan diet i feel like i I eat and i'm more energized afterwards which like normally i eat and i'm like i'm gonna take a nap And then I'm going to try to go on with my day. So I started eating this way, and my body composition changed. I feel really energetic and, like, really important. It's along the lines of my spiritual beliefs as well. So it feels like everything kind of came together and was woven really nicely into Mm -hmm. something, to me, that feels sustainable. And I'm, like, super big on sustainability. Like, I don't believe in someone trying, like, a MetaFast-type diet because I ask them, like, well— Okay, you can try it now. You might get some results with fat loss. But are you willing to do that for the rest of your life? Yeah, exactly. They're like, no. So why would you start now? Because eventually you're going to come to a head and you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're going to be frustrated. And then you're going to say, well, I can't eat healthy or I don't know how to eat healthy or like diets don't work. Right. Um, so pick things that are sustainable. And for me, this plant-based approach is feeling sustainable.
1: Absolutely. I heard a, that you touched on the manifesting. I heard a really good analogy for that is like, MetaFast is like, you know, the prescription-based diet. You know, if you go to the doctor, they're going to give you a drug, but they're not really going to address the problem, which is teaching you how to be healthier. If you go to MetaFast, they'll give you their diet, but they're not going to teach you how to eat healthier, which is ultimately the issue. So that's huge. I want to go back to something you talked about when when we were talking about your background a little bit. Yeah. um, When you became a trainer and when you lost 40 pounds. I want to know, how were you eating then?
0: Okay, so there's this woman in the gym, and she is like, 59 she's close to 60 i don't want to call her 60 in case she wasn't 59 and a half she's 59 and yeah. half. she she looked amazing like her great body composition her face was vibrant like you see in her eyes like she was living healthfully and she was like that for the whole time i knew her i'm like all right i finally went up to her and i was like what are you doing because like i'm i'm really trying to like be healthier i want to lose weight and you just look amazing and she's like kaylee i thought my whole life to be thin and to be healthy i had to eat salads and she's like, and then someone gave me this book called Eat Right for Your Type, which is the blood type bi- right. blood type diet book. And um, I had never heard of it. So she gave me a copy and I looked at it and it, I'm an A positive blood type and A positive should be vegetarian. Like they do best and the foods that are most beneficial to them are vegetarian no source. Way. And I started looking through the list and like, no joke, every single one of the most beneficial foods was that's like, like favorite foods. <laughs> my favorite thing. It was crazy. I'm like, that's exactly what I would prefer to eat if I could choose to eat anything. So, um, and like to take a step back, people are gonna be like, "Oh, blood type diet." There's no scientific research. I looked at the research, and there really isn't a lot to support it, which is crazy. Um, but, but anyways, which is crazy. It is crazy because like you would because, think
1: that there would be a ton of research on that.
0: So, I mean, science is one thing; it's really important. It's like how we're making so many huge. Um, transformational changes in this life but also anecdotally like how are you how are you feeling exactly. i go by feeling a lot and how are huge. you performing and how are you sleeping and are you happy and so anyways i go to this blood type diet and i like i try it and so you weren't vegetarian
1: totally and vegetarian. at that time meant what for you lacto ovo or uh, were... it was
0: still eating eggs okay. i stopped eating chicken and i stopped eating fish okay. then so yeah cheese Um, I was eating some cheese, but but mainly
1: eggs and plants.
0: Yeah. So I think for uh, a positive, you shouldn't be eating cheese. It's not the most beneficial thing. So I ate, it looked a lot like, um, I actually was eating soy products. So I was eating like tempeh, which is a fermented Mm -hmm. soybean. Um, I was eating a lot of nuts and seeds. I was eating like just giant salads. I call them like my trough salads, (laughs) big bowls bowls that isn't covered with tons of dressing, but just has a ton, like every vegetable you just chop it up and throw it in. Um, eating that. And I was supplementing with some protein powder. So working at like a big gym and like having to sell supplements, I was having supplements. I was, I think I had muscle milk at the time, which is definitely, it's um, dairy based, which um, I didn't, now I have different opinions. But anyway, so, and I was also using an activity tracker, a body bug. And I was going by like, all right, is how many calories I've eaten. This is how many I've burned. I'm going to be burning more than I'm eating. And I, it started like I was, you know, doing my best. And for six weeks I had very little change and it was frustrating because I felt like I was really trying, I was exercising more. I was trying to, um, I just kind of picked up running, which I never really loved. I thought I was kind of lazy. <laughs> I was a thrower. Right. So, yeah. um, track and field athletes, like shot putters don't really run. Yeah. You guys don't um, out. <laughs> so I started doing a little bit more running, which is a huge thing too. It's it really changes your body composition. And, um, with, with like at week seven, I was like, whoa, my, the scale weight went down. Week eight, wow, went down again. By the end of that summer, this was like a three- or a four-month period, my friends were pulling me off to the side, and they're like, um, Are, are you, you okay? Are you okay? Are you eating enough? Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm like actually eating a lot. I'm Isn't just, that the
1: weirdest e- thing?
0: Totally. Yeah. I'm like eating more now than I ever have. I used to starve myself to try to lose weight because I just didn't know what to do. And so, um, yeah, I, I lost 40 pounds, and I felt amazing. And for the first time in my life, all the energy that I had surrounding, like, Feeling kind of like a big girl (laughs) was kind of gone, and I was able to focus on bigger things, like what I want to do with my life. I realized how much time I had spent focusing on something that was not in my best interest and was really bringing me down. And so it really changed me. And people always said, "Oh, you're so positive, you're so optimistic." I'm like, I just feel like I changed my life, and now I have all this energy to focus on like what life is really about. So
1: interesting. So
0: that was in yeah 2008.
1: And then so coming back forward now, I know recently, um, I, you know, you just got your master's. So you said during that process is when you were going through and trying kind of different yeah. um, diet types. And, and um, I know now you're, you're pretty plant-based and yeah. you've been plant-based for a little bit now, right?
0: I think it's been uh, four months now. Four
1: months. And so what, what sparked that? And, what you know, you said sustainability, which, which was something. But tell yes. us a little bit more about that process.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I'm a big podcast fan. I yeah. love podcasts. Obviously I'm so excited to be on this one. And, um, when I, when I kind of stumbled upon the rich Roll stuff, I think he was just ranked high. So I just, I was willing to listen to anything, um, on my long commutes. So I put on one of his podcasts. I can't remember what the first one was. I'd love to go back and see what that was, what Was it right? um, but just hearing people talk about a plant-based diet, and they weren't calling it a vegan diet, which made me listen. Because I, I think, like, a lot of people, you hear vegan, and you just shut down. You're like, man. Big
1: negative connotation. So
0: like I was like, plant-based. Well, I like plants. <laughs> yeah. It's not that I was really eating unhealthy, but I would say, like, I wasn't um, – I felt like I still needed to improve my nutrition. Like, being in grad school, it's, you're so sedentary, and I started to gain more weight, and um, I, I just wasn't exercising as much. And I was stress-eating more because it's really stressful to try to work full-time and to come home at night and study for four or five hours or six or – stay up all night, (laughs) and I was drinking more caffeine. So all those things combined, like, my body was just changing in ways I didn't like. So I was in the mindset of, like, I'm ready to do something new and whatever. So I I listened to Ritual and I hear him talk, and then I um, found, uh, you know, through him this this movie, Cowspiracy, a documentary. Cowspiracy talks a lot about um, big agriculture and water use, and we're in California. We're in this horrible drought. And I'm—I'm I'm definitely, you know, an earth-loving human. I—I I, I really see this as like something that, uh, as a problem that we need to all, as like a, a civilization, look at really, really closely. And so I'm—I'm I'm watching this movie, and it's—it's it's amazing. I, I hope I don't misquote this, but it 660 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef.
1: Yeah, that—that's the number I remember too.
0: Yeah, I mean. Holy cow, that's...
1: Holy cow, not, no pun intended, No right? pun intended, yeah. but
0: that, you know, like... Um, and, and then seeing, like, how much of our water use in California goes towards um, raising grain for cattle and, um, and you know, that's not being allocated towards other things like, um, you know, fresh water sources. And so there's this whole sustainability argument. So and now I'm kind of at the thought of, like, well you know maybe there are some some people that are getting healthier eating like a paleo diet but can everyone eat grass fed beef is that sustainable and they kind of highlight in that movie why that might not be sustainable totally and i really appreciate that because i think as like um as a, a civilization we have to really look at like what's going to be the most sustainable for everyone and yeah maybe we could there's some people that can afford to eat grass fed beef all the time but like is that the most altruistic thing for our planet so it's like from a sustainability standpoint, you know, thinking about the environment, from a health standpoint, like plant-based diets, you could, I'll find some research studies, maybe we could put them in if you have show notes. Yeah, we'll definitely put them in the show um, notes. Low, low mortality, so um, people are living longer and probably with more vibrancy. Um, low cardiovascular disease, low diabetes, low body weight, like all of these things that are really desirable that all of my clients are working towards, that I have been working towards, that I've been advocating um, Man, I might as well try this this whole plant based diet thing, and uh, I'll, I'll say plant based, and like that feels good to me, so I'll just keep that. And so it's been four months, and um, I, I really I really like it. And I think there are some certain things to highlight. So some of the criticism, criticisms are like, um, it's really important to supplement your diet with vitamin B twelve, which comes from animal foods. Um, you can get it. Um, in, like, nutritional yeast, but just not in the amount. So I do supplement with a B12 sublingual tab that I think I just bought from, like, you know, Seaside Market or something. Nothing, just, special
1: brand, nothing special brand. Nothing special, cool.
0: right? And I've had a couple of them. And I, I do blood work because I'm that obsessive and, and nerdy. So my blood That's work awesome. is great. My B12 levels are normal. Um, all of my, my cholesterol and everything is great.
1: If anything it got better, probably. Yeah,
0: Literally. I would love to do it again. Yeah, um, I did it... Um, I did at the beginning and you know, a couple of weeks in just to make sure that the B12 was working. I think it was a month in, um, and yeah, so I, I don't know. I think to say like, oh, I'm going to do this forever, um, is like rushing into things, but I just think right now today, this is something I really like and I wouldn't force this on my clients. I think that I had to come to this decision organically. Absolutely. Um, our, our, uh, world doesn't necessarily support it. Although in like Southern California, there's tons of vegan places to go eat. Um, but I think that you really have to stand by your decision if you're going to choose to go plant-based. Um, so, so it's, I think, important to have the right support with that.
1: Cool. Um, I agree 100%. I've, I don't know if you knew this, but, you know, about three years ago, I went vegan for about six months. Wow. And that's when I saw the most drastic change in my body. You know, I lost... I think it was upwards of 35 or some pounds in a matter of a couple months. Yeah, and,
0: your license picture is great. Yeah, and I
1: had people coming up to me like, you know, are you okay? And, like, my mom was calling her doctor friends oh, to no. ask if it was, like, healthy to be vegan, you know. And it was the weirdest thing. And you know, I felt better than I'd ever felt in my whole life, you know, literally. And, um, and I think I found similar things, you know. At the time, for me, it wasn't really anything other than health and i just wanted to try it and it wasn't really a animal rights thing for me Mm -hmm. which is i think a lot of the big negative connotations with calling it vegan you know yeah and the other thing is you know how many unhealthy vegans do you meet there's so you know there's so many vegans that don't really do it right and you know they eat a ton of processed everything and you know fake chicken fake this and it's like to me that's that's way not healthy either you know there's definitely a bad way to do that yeah um, which is i i like the plant-powered approach as well too i have a client who um it's really interesting. He's doing his mission now. He watched, I think, Cowspiracy, yeah, which we'll put a link to that in the show notes because that's just a, a real mind opener for those of you that don't know much about the cattle industry. Um, but he's doing two meals a day where he decides to be 100 percent vegan two mm-hmm. meals a day, and that third meal a day, you know, he'll he'll eat whatever. But um, you know, I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? That's better than nothing and that's like really ultimately he's the kind of guy that was eating steak and eggs for breakfast and um you know philly cheesesteak for lunch and then you know another steak for dinner you know the guy ate a lot of meat and um a lot of animal products and you know just just reducing that much i think is is huge especially for a guy like that and and that will definitely have an impact i think in the long term
0: yeah i'm really glad that you mentioned um that there could be unhealthy vegans like uh, my fiance was saying like you know, just tried to go vegan a few years ago and was eating, like, basically cookies that were vegan. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that, you feel horrible. That, totally. that's not That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about, like you said, a whole food, plant-based diet, like, as close to the ground as possible. Yeah. I actually started, like, planting my own garden as well. Awesome. Goji berries, cucumbers, all this fun stuff. So, yeah, whole food, plant-based diet is... That's the key. And yeah. I think
1: the other important thing for people to remember is that, you know, it's not about, like, being i don't know if this is the right word but super dogmatic about it like right. it's okay to fall and like it's okay if you're out with your friends and you're really hungry and you know the option is either like you know a, a, a iceberg lettuce salad is the only vegan thing they have on the menu or you have a piece of fish or chicken you know like yeah that's okay and you know the, I, I meet a lot of people that they really beat themselves up and they feel really bad because you know they ate something with butter in it and they didn't yeah. know you know or something like that and and I think the key thing to remember is that, you know, think of the long term, think of the ultimate goal and to not focus so much on, on the little slips because, you know, in fitness, you know, in, in, in nutrition, I think in life in general, that, that's, a, that's a key thing to focus on is, is it's not so much about falling, it's about picking yourself back up and keeping going.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely noble. That's a, a really great thought and good for people to remember. It, yeah. it does not have to be perfect.
1: So last but not least, if someone wants to get a hold of you, if someone wants to, experience training with you how do they do that
0: yeah Well, uh, my website is www.trainerkaylee.com
1: can you spell that out
0: yeah it's uh trainer t-r-a-i-n-e-r kaylee k-a-l-i.com and my facebook page is facebook.com forward slash trainer um i uh I, my website's under construction right now so it should be up and running pretty soon Um, so if someone wants to get a hold of me sooner, Facebook would probably be, probably be it.
1: And we'll put all those links in the show notes as well. So just check those out. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, we're stoked that you came and, um, we hope to have you back doing, we're going to start doing some quick fitness tip videos and things like that. So hopefully you'll come back and play for those. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday. You probably won't get this on a Wednesday, but happy Wednesday. And I really appreciate you coming out.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This is the Me Project weekly discussions with leaders in the wellness community. Visit us online at the Me Project